Well, welcome, everybody. This is Whiskey and Wino. I always forget to do that at the beginning of the episode, but here we are. We are continuing on with our 9-11 theme here that Aaron talked about last week. And I am going to be talking about one hell of a person. Ooh. Yes. I'm intrigued uh, by said person. Alicia, Do I know this? Um, well, I believe so. But, to, I mean, I'm going to just start right off the bat. There is no murder this week. Oh, okay. So, this is, I mean. But you might want to murder her when we're done? W- yeah, I mean, I wouldn't count it out. But, um, there's. I, I, I'm sure there's a lot of people who were involved in 9-11 who had crimes that happened after I didn't want to go that dark. I didn't want to go into all of that. So this doesn't have a murder, which might be relatively light for everyone. So, yes, there was a lot. Of, there was enough murder on 9-11 for sure. Yes, but also buckle up because she bad. All right, so Alicia Estevé Head. I don't know. I can't do the middle name because I'm not Spanish. So Stefan. Anyway. There's no. It's E S T E V E Estevé. It's not Estevan. Oh. It's not Estevez. It's Esteve. I don't know. <laughs> Esteva. <laughs> I went Italian there for a minute. Esteve. I don't know. All right. So Alicia was born in Barcelona, or Barcelona, Marquand, <laughs> July 31st of 1973. She was born into a prominent family. Her family was really wealthy, and uh, she was a spoiled child. She, there's a few reasons why. One is that her family had a lot of money in Spain, and also she's That's a good the youngest. Reason. <laughs> Well, right, but she's also the youngest of six children, and she is the Oof. only girl. Oh, so she yeah. has five she has big special. brothers. Yeah, she has five big brothers. So she's the baby, but also she's the only girl, and her parents have money. So, I mean, that that's an elite level of spoilage. Yes, it is. I'm the youngest, and there's only three of us. And I was spoiled, not that we had a bunch of money. But. Yeah, well, also, you're not the only girl, but yeah. No, but I had a pony. I'm, and that's not nothing. But it was an asshole pony, if that helps. He was a dick. Oh, that almost helps. Yeah, but, he wasn't a cool um, pony. He'd just buck you off and bail <laughs> on you. He was a dick. His nice. name was Rocket. Rocket? Rocket. Oh, you Rocket. why? Because he'd buck your ass off, and then he'd rock it right back home. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Wow, it's almost like uh, you shouldn't have a pony. Yeah, ponies aren't what they what people think. All right, princess, let's keep it moving then. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, private school girl. Touche. <laughs> Touche. So the um, cloud to this silver lining is that one of her brothers, as well as her father, got caught up in a financial scandal and had to spend some time in prison. Oops. Yeah, that didn't happen um, to my dad. 
Yeah, but that's not the story I'm here to tell. So I don't I don't really know much about that. Also, I can't speak Spanish and a lot of it is in the Barcelona uh, newspapers. So there you go. Um, Her public story in America starts out around 2004 when she started a support group online for survivors of the September 11th, 2001 terrorist attacks at the World Trade Center. Uh, she, by this time in 2004, who knows what happened between 2001 and 2004 before she started this survivor network. But by this time, she was known as Tanya Head instead of Alicia. So I don't I don't know if it's legal or whatever, but this that's the name she went by was Tanya. So f- from here on out, I'm going to be referring to her as Tanya. Um, the group was pretty large online. And it was really very helpful for a lot of survivors. And so by word of mouth, her survivor group got back to a group called the Survivors Network that's in New York City. And Were they they survivors that they were in the World Trade Center or survivors as they lost family members in the World Trade Center? They were in the the World Trade Centers. They actually escaped, okay, before the collapse. So they were all part of it. They had witnessed all of that stuff firsthand. Can you imagine? No, I can't. It's fucking, I mean, listening to, I I watched a documentary called um, The Woman Who Wasn't There. And it is fucking chilling. Like, you just want to reach out and hug these people. Like, it is just so awful. The president of the Survivors Network in New York City heard about her group and invited Tanya to become a member of his network. She said yes, and she quickly became an integral part of this group. Like she was really she got to be best friends with everyone. She said uh, she was on the 96th floor of the South Tower at the Fiduciary Trust Company International. She was helping to close a merger of that company, the fiduciary trust company with another company called Franklin resources, Inc. And she said that she worked for Merrill Lynch. So she was there to be kind of the middleman for this merger. While she was there, she saw a plane hit the North tower as she was making her way down the building. So it was at the 78th floor when she was waiting for an express elevator that she saw this other plane hit the building and then by the by the time she couldn't get into the elevator and um, the plane hit her south tower. So she was on the 78th floor. I know last week you said that it was between like 84th 80? and 80th. Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't quite sure about this because then in everything I read, it said that there was only 19 people that survived the South tower that were above yes. the point of impact. I didn't even know there were 19 cause I had read that nobody survived. That was, I don't know about that tower, but from like the 90th floor up from wherever like the bottom. Yeah. Hit. Yeah. So she would be very, very close to being one of the, well, that's the yeah. Survivors I mean, she was the highest up. Absolutely. She was the only survivor from her group. Oh, from is her what floor. like she yeah so she was waiting for this express elevator the plane hit the building she was launched off her feet 
this guy named Wells Crother, who obviously she didn't know his name at the time, uh, but he's known as Red Bandana Man. So if anyone has seen pictures or heard about uh, specific survival stories, a lot of people have talked about this Red Bandana Man. And Wells Crother is the Red Bandana Man. He did not make he did not make it out. So he oh. died in it, but he was crucial to um, the escape of s- several lives, if not tens oh. of lives. I mean, he he was really oh, he was a hero so for sure. Yeah, it was really. Where sad. was he from? Why is he red red bandana man? Like was he on? I don't. I think he had a red bandana and he was wearing it over his well, face. I think I for that, like the. Uh, I, I don't know. Part. I meant like, did he work in the building? Um, yes, yes, he did. Oh, okay. He was he was only like twenty nine or something. He was a stockbroker, oh, okay. so he was in the building for whatever. He was like a young gun. He's just helping people. Mhm. So he, she says, she was blown backwards by the impact of the plane. She kind of woke up and came to. And it was this guy, Wells, who was helping her. Her arm was so badly burned and it was severed to where it was only hanging on by a little bit. So then she gets out and she's rescued. She's handed off by Wells or by who somebody was carrying her. Meanwhile, I mean, I honestly there is something as like, you know, that that adrenaline strength that gives you the ability to carry people who you might not be able to normally carry. And if there was a situation, this would be the situation. However, Wells was not a giant guy. I mean, he was an average man. Um, Tanya was not an average woman. I would say that she's giant. Okay. So I don't (laughs) know what this whole handoff looked like. There's no way that this guy, Wells, made it all the way down from the 70-something story to do a handoff to a firefighter and then run back upstairs. I'm sorry. This yeah. Wells guy is a fucking hero, and I I probably couldn't say enough good things about him. However, running downstairs with a 300-plus-pound person oh wow, she and then running woman. back upstairs to to perish, like I just don't see that happening. Yeah, okay. I get that. But anyway, um, that was her story, right? It was like this firefighter took her, and then they were the only ones to survive from that whole group of people that were trying to survive. Um, so she said that her fiancé, Dave, was in the North Tower and that he died that day. And she said that just before work that day, Dave called her and asked if he if she would like him to pick up some coffee and she declined. And then she said, you know, they said their I love you's like, okay, bye. And that was the last that she spoke to him. She woke up several days later in the hospital and after surgery to save her arm, she you know, she did the whole learn to walk thing again. She was, you know, saved, whatever. She left the hospital. I thought she only hurt her arm. Why did she have to learn to walk again? Well, she didn't hurt her arm. Her arm was almost severed off her body. But um, 
That's still a hurt arm. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. But her whole thing was like she she followed what everybody else was saying. So, yeah, she was she was in a super bad way. She figured herself out. Um. I'm laughing. It just sounds funny. She figured it out. You know, it's, you know, you'll be fine. You don't need to worry about laughing about her. Like, honestly, you don't. It's everybody else in the story that you should not be laughing at, but you can laugh at her all you want. All right. Sounds like a real fucking gem of a woman already. Yes. Feel free to make fun of her. Don't even know why yet. You don't. And I'm going to keep that a secret until I reveal it. So, so, I mean, that's usually how it works, right? But, um, so she wakes up several days after <laughs> after in the hospital. Uh, she told people that her fiance, the Dave, um, they met when he was stealing her cab outside the World Trade Center building. So they both wanted the cab and she got it. Oh, they had a meet cute. They did. She said he tried to give her his business card and she was so angry, like, he thought it was funny. She was angry. So she threw the card out like on the street. So add to the top of her list of offenses is fucking litter bug. But uh, she, man. I, she throws the card away. And then about a month later, they're at the same business convention or not convention, but event, whatever it is. And then after that, it was love. Like they met again. They thought it was funny about what had happened. And then shortly they moved after they moved in together. She said they also shared a golden retriever named Elvis. Oh, which I mean, Elvis is a cool dog name. But um, did he die in the World Trade Center, too? No, he did not. He's alive. Well, I don't know that he was ever real, but continuing on. (laughs) Uh, They were planning on getting legally married. However, before that happened, she walked into her apartment. Okay, so she shared an apartment with this guy, Dave. So she says they they were talking about getting married, but she walked into her apartment and there was rose petals scattered all over the floor leading into the kitchen. And then he held up a stereo. Yeah, so sweet, whatever. Um, Oh, then, I mean, to be quite honest, it's um, very cliche. It's a very young person's game. When I was uh, maybe 20, I think I was 20, my ex-husband Did he put down gave, rose me, petals? He gave me a promise ring. Oh, and my first there husband was rose, did too. There was rose petals involved. So it's. It's not that it's insignificant and it's not that it's um, wrong. It's a, it's a very young Cliché. person's thing. Yeah. Like it's a, it's. Um, I get that. It's the stereotypical romance movie, rom-com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. I get that. But anyway. It so is. He, I get that. It's so sweet. Gives, it is very sweet, but it's, you know, it usually doesn't happen to people in their 30s. Or 30, like it just, it, that's kind of a younger person's thing. Anyway, um, they were leading to the kitchen. And when she got into the kitchen, she was smelling something that smelled really awful. It was Hawaiian food. 
And in her words, it was god-awful food. Oh. Even though in this documentary, she's talking about her husband or fiance. Um, it's in lo- it's in a loving manner. But she says he can't cook at all. So he wasn't a good cook. But the point he was making was he was making Hawaiian food to surprise her that he had bought tickets for a vacation to Hawaii. Oh, so that's cute. That's a nice right? surprise. Oh, I would yeah, that. like that's cute. Okay, so we're in like total cute mode. We've got rose petals. He's cooking a dish that is showing you where you're going to go on vacation. You know, I mean, it's all super sweet. Whatever. I'm in. I so also per her statements, he got her measurements and had bought a white wedding dress in her size. Which I will tell you from online shopping, fucking measurements don't mean shit. Especially in wedding dresses, because they yeah. always make you sound fatter than you are. That and has two, to be either no tailor-made. No mm-hmm. woman would love that. We would fucking hate that. Wedding dress is sacred. We pick it out. That's that. It's also not, it has to be tailored to your body. There's no fucking way I could send in my measurements to somewhere and they'd be like, oh, we have a perfect dress for you. Because you have three measurements, but then what about the other rolls in between my boobs and my butt? Like, you don't account for those. And I'm sorry, my man has no idea what my measurements are. He doesn't have a fucking clue. No. And he couldn't get them. There's no way he could surprise me and get them. Impossible. No. The the best he could do was look at your Amazon orders and see what size you order usually. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're 100% right. So she says that he got her measurements and ordered a beautiful wedding dress. He also arranged to have flowers on the beach. So when they were at Hawaii, he surprised her with a ceremony, like a wedding ceremony. But it wasn't legal. They were going to be legally married when they got to New York. Their wedding or their like courthouse, whatever the fuck, was scheduled for October 12th. And he never made it to that date because some dipshit decided to fucking bomb the towers. But that was their plan. So now on the anniversary every year, she brings a little toy cab to signify their meeting and their story. Like she tells all the news outlets. Yeah. Which I mean, if that's yeah, that's very sweet. Super sweet. If it happened like that. Original to your story. Totally get that. Yes. So she had such a horrific and traumatic story that she very quickly became the spokes figure for this survivors network. She was doing tours for, you know, for the tourists who come to the world trade center, she would lead them on tours and tell her story. She became best friends with, um, this girl, Linda, who was also a survivor and was part of that network. Mm. So in 2007, a reporter from the New York Times wanted to do a six year anniversary piece in the New York Times paper. He wanted to interview her, uh, Tanya. She. So he wanted to do an interview with her because she was 
super prominent in this survivors network group. And she kind of, she kind of freaked out. Like she was like, no, I don't think we should do this, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, wait, you crave the attention. You're always in the front of everything. Like, why don't you want to do this? So she was super anxious and she was saying like, I don't think I want to do this. And she kept for weeks before this, this interview was supposed to happen. She kept telling all her friends at the survivors network, like they're, harassing me they're haunting me like I didn't need this and it's coming up on the anniversary and I'm so stressed and scared and like you know pity oh, me she's, she's like playing the victim for sure Ugh. so there was one guy in the group that was a bit suspicious and he looked into her he didn't find so he, he found Dave her fiance um in all the newspapers and everything. And uh, I'm going to refer to him as Dave, but everyone else had all of his information. Like they had his surname, they had his middle name, they had everything. But the media is, um, which I was super surprised and very pleased by, the media doesn't report his surname anywhere. So oh, not to yeah. damage him at all. I exactly. That. That they is, wanna, you're right. Yeah. That's cool. And that I've cool never fucking heard of any story that I couldn't just readily get information available on Google. Right. So I was pretty pleased. So that is I'm cool. Good for yeah. them. I'm just going to refer to him as Dave because that's what they refer to him as. And so they had all the information. So when this guy was searching for him, he found that. Dave was indeed in that tower and he did indeed perish. Um, but there's no, I can't, you know, nobody can fact check this because the sensitivity level, like I wouldn't even try if I needed to, like I did that. I, I thought that was really cool of the media. So um, this guy, Brennan or Brendan, sorry he was the one who was suspicious. So he's looking up all this stuff and he's interviewed in the woman who wasn't there at the interview. And he was like, yeah, I started looking at everything and there was a guy, Dave, the same name. And he did perish in the attacks. There was no mention of a fiance or a wife, but he could, it wasn't like there was anything to prove that she was wrong. Right. It was just, why wouldn't you mention the fiance or a wife? Like everyone else who had a significant other in those world trade attacks, the family was like, they're survived by blah, blah, blah. Or this person died with them or, you know, like everybody wanted to pay tribute. So absolutely. um, In 2000. Yeah. But nobody. So there was another man who was a little suspicious his name was Gary or Jerry. I'm not really quite sure because his like his name is G E R R Y, which usually that's, that's the Jerry. woman's name to spell right. Jerry. But that is I the female version. So anyway, that's his name. This guy Jerry, he was a bit suspicious, but he never did anything about it. He didn't confront Tanya. He, he didn't want to be that guy. <laughs> be wrong. Yeah. 
Well, exactly. Could you imagine having someone tell you their horrific attack and then you saying, nah, like what the fuck? Bitch. Plus, huh? Prove plus it. all these people, we, they were trauma survivors. Well, so like, this is the why add of that? The internet and social media. So we don't know mm-hmm. about these trolls and catfishing. I mean, catfishing was pretty much there already, but it wasn't as it is today. Yeah. As it was so, back then. You didn't think everybody was a fucking troll like you do now. True. So this guy, Gary, or Jerry, um, he was suspicious, but he didn't do anything about it. Um, but she apparently felt that he could do something, and she felt that he was suspicious. So um, she... She got the board of the Survivors Network to try and not reelect him to the Survivors Network presidency. Well, the fucking group was started because of Jerry. He fucking uh, started it. Uh, and he was the president. Us out. That's yes. God, all these politics, even in a Survivors group, that is so shitty anyway. Well, no one fucking ever wanted his position, ever. Nobody ever was trying, like, he was there forever. It was this woman, Tanya, who decided he was getting too suspicious. Let's just kick him out. And so she had told him the night before the board election, she was trying to convince him over the phone to not come to the meeting. And he was like, I'm coming to the meeting. Like, I'm the fucking president. And she, she was basically telling him, well, not for long. Like, she was, you know, giving him that idea. And he was like, look, even if I'm not the president, I'm a fucking member. And all of my friends are here. And I will be there. Like, stand-up guy. Well, what a shitty thing to do. This isn't like... The PTA, I mean, my God, there shouldn't even really be a president. No, there I mean, shouldn't be. Who but are I you think to say that a victim can't be in it? Fuck that. That's gross. Yeah, and I agree with you. But if you're going to be taken seriously, you have to have those specific board members. Like, because it's not just a club. So I can appreciate why he was called president. He didn't act no, like a president. I what you're but saying. Yeah. Ugh, so um, the next day when he showed up to his group, um, they elected none other than Tanya Head, a.k.a. Alicia Head. So she became president. So Brennan just left alone his suspicion. The other guy that was suspicious. He was like, fuck this, dude. Like, this guy was suspicious a little bit and he got fucking kicked out. Like, no. Right. So, um, this New York time reporter, David Dunlap was not involved in the survivors group. So he was like, fuck that. I'm not letting this go. Now I'm very curious and I'm intrigued because she won't answer any of my questions for a puff piece I'm sorry. I don't mean to be disrespectful. It wasn't a puff no. piece. It was oh, an anniversary want... piece 
Yeah. You like, want your, your person to be out there. Like you want to have them have the spotlight on them to be like, this person meant a lot. And I want you to know he was alive. Right. No, I get what you're so, saying. He wanted to do this great thing. And she was like, no, no, no. Yeah. She doesn't so want to she's do like for their love, their loved one. Well, he, he was like, all I want to ask is like, how were you and your husband? How are you doing? Like, yeah normal stuff sort of situation later I mean yeah so um David Dunlap was starting to write an article and he's working for the New York Times which although some say it leans left I find a lot of very interesting articles in there so I would assume that this David Dunlap is a very good investigative journalist I don't think he's just trying to fuck people over. He works for um, the Times. Yeah, so he goes and he talks to David's mom. Or Dave, I'm sorry. He's referred to as Dave in everything. And I'm so used to my ex-husband, I called him Dave, but his name is David. So now I'm like reverting this. <laughs> so No, I get anyway, it. This guy, David Dunlap, interviews Dave's parents and is like, hey, this woman, she's not really calling me back and whatever, and she was engaged to your son. You know, do you have any idea of how I could get through to her or whatever? And they're like, what the fuck? Like, no, our Dave was not engaged. He didn't have a girlfriend. Like, he was single. Uh, so right. then this guy from the New York Times was like, fucking game on. Right? Oh, my suspicions. Mm-hmm. Everybody's suspicions. So he then reaches out. Uh, oh, I don't know if he reaches out or however it comes to be, but this uh, reporter from La Vanguardia, which is a newspaper publication in Barcelona, they published an article about Tanya or Alicia Esteve Head being a student at the Assad, which is E-S-A-D-E, it's a private Jesuit educational institution within the Ramon Lully University. It's oh, yeah. a business school and a law school. At the time of the attack, Tanya was a student. So she was not uh -oh. even in America. Uh-oh. Yep. Uh-oh. It's all fucking coming down. And it was because of this oh. article that was published at the La Vanguardia that David Dunlap oh. from the New York Times was like, what the fuck? I don't know who gave it to him. I'm sure all of the people in publications, you know, have their sources and their ears out to other things. Oh, yeah. So I have absolutely. no idea. Yeah. I have no idea how exactly it happened, but that Ooh. is how it's all coming apart, right? So uh, uh, it this why is why did you pick this guy? I don't know. I have no idea. There's no connection between her and Dave. She's picked a all. name out of a paper. She fucking Found made it up. Yeah, so she made it up, and, I mean, fuck. if you look at all of her stories, 
you can tell she made it up. Oh, like, okay, was her arm fucked up at all? Because her right, arm was, was so really damaged. fucked up. Okay. Yeah, her arm was really fucked up, and I'll so I'll allowed to use that. Okay, so I, I'm um, curious to know how the arm really got fucked up since it was a yeah. 11. She was in. Depending on who you ask, she was either in a horrific automobile accident or a horse accident where she was riding a horse. Automobile, uh, automobile sounds a little more. But her arm is. Um, like right burnt. by the elbow. She said it was burnt. And the guy, Jerry, who was the previous president and Jerry, Gary, I'm very sorry if I continue on saying Jerry, if that's I'm not your name, sure but it's Jerry, I'm pretty sure it's Jerry. So right up like up just below the elbow of her right arm, there is some seriously deep scarring. Like, really deep scarring. Almost like her arm was snapped in half at that, like, right by your elbow. Those two, the Ouch. two bones. Um, but, like Jerry said, it did not look burned at all. Like, it was really jacked. Like, there was trauma, for sure. Right, there's scars. And yeah, your, but it didn't look burned. going to be the same. Right? Yeah, and she kept not saying it was... Yeah, she kept saying it was burned by, you know, the planes coming in the and all the fire girl. and everything. So she never was at Merrill Lynch. She didn't work there, obviously, because she was in Spain. She was not. But also, she, um, when it came out that David, there was nothing to link her and David, she then came out and said, well, it was a secret. You know, we didn't want anybody to know. And it was like, of course. From of who? Of course. That's what, yeah. Why, like, why is it a secret? Which one of you were famous and what? Come on. Exactly. Pounds. Exactly. Who are you keeping it a secret from? So um, there was also a point in time her friend Linda, her best friend, who Linda was a fucking survivor. Like, how oh, dare yeah, you? BFF. So yeah. there's a few things I want to mention surrounding Linda. One was um, Tanya had a thing that uh, therapy method that she was calling flooding. And I don't think she was calling. It. I think that's what it was called. But it's where you record your story and um, you listen to it back. It's almost like a immer- like um God, I can't fucking remember I know what, what you're it's called. Saying. But it's like if you're scared of heights, you go up high a lot. It's like a so that you can become not um, afraid anymore. You have to face your fear. Yeah, you're like desensitized to whatever is happening because you've just seen it so many times. So um, she apparently was doing that and she had her story on tape and was listening to it over and over again. And Linda was in the room and. Tanya was trying to have Linda help her to get through all this stuff. Well, Linda was incorporating this story that she kept hearing from Tanya. She was having nightmares that like on top of her own survivor shit, she was having like buildings fall on her in her dreams. And it was like, God damn it. Like, She's already a survivor. She has her own trauma. And now you've decided to add on to that. And then 
when oh. Lydia or sorry, I think I called her Lydia a couple times. You I did. didn't mean that. It's Linda. I'm sorry. I, you really didn't. Um, that was the first time. Just so okay. You know. So uh, Linda told Tanya, look, I can't do this anymore. Like this, this is adding to my stuff and it's not helping anything. So like, I don't really want to do this anymore. And Tanya fucking flew into a rage and was like, how dare you say that you're a friend of mine? Like you won't even help me. You are awful. I can't believe that I trusted you to have this happen, like to be in here with me. Like, how dare you? So Linda was feeling like shit. Oh, what a bitch. Exactly. When I heard this on that documentary, that was the moment where I clicked from empathy to you fucking bitch. Like this woman survived and was she was thriving. But the thing that killed me was a lot of these survivors in this network, they looked at Tanya and said, like, look, she has much more of a traumatic story than we do. Oh, because also, let me throw in, Tanya said that on her way um, down the stairwell, there was a man who was burning to death and gave her his wedding band and said, give this to my wife. And she found the wife and she gave her the wedding band. Oh, so it was all fake and she was not there it's awful it is so awful so did she like put a picture of a wedding band and see if anyone would claim it that it was theirs i don't know how it happened oh it's it's quite possible she had a wet i mean i know um several men who are married who have certain things going on in their wedding band but i think that's a pretty relatively new thing like i would say around generic right but i would say around 2001 i think men were just still getting a band like i don't i mean when i a band it was it's not special it's not like the woman's ring right when I got married, my husband just got a band. There wasn't anything inscribed or described. Or... It was like 120 bucks. Right. Like yeah. It's like titanium and with this like blue line around it. Like it's a manly ring, titanium, something like that. Yeah. So I don't think it would be really it difficult. It wasn't expensive. To... No, because I think it'd be super generic, like a, a single gold band that you'd say, I don't know whose husband gave this to me. Here it is. And someone would reach out and go, oh, that exactly. was mine. I mean, if you go super generic, that's no problem on a man, on a man. Oh, for sure. Well, and there's fucking there's, I mean, 3000 people that are dead from this situation. One One in 3000. Yeah, for sure. It's going to have a plain gold band. Absolutely. But also to compound that, I really just if if my husband was wearing a generic gold band and and that happened and he perished. If somebody said, is this your band? I, I would think that I would be very quick to be like, yes, it's my, I need something yeah. like, Oh, 100%. I want something. So she just fucking 
she's totally just agree. awful. Like she gets, I mean, the most desperate people she's trying to manipulate. Like how, and you waited how until dare 2004. you? So if you really, that happened, wouldn't you be out there at the beginning being like, hey, I want to find those sis because this is this guy's dying wish. But you didn't. You waited until 2004. But like, oh, by the True. way. So you're even more of a heinous bitch. She's awful. Um, yeah, I, I, there's that, uh, documentary, the woman who wasn't there is really, really good. I think if anybody wants to get good and pissed off, watch it. It's great. Um, did she get arrested? Is there anything she did no. that's legal? No, no, no. Really? She did not take anybody's money. She oh. just robbed people of their own grief. Oh, which um, is worse. Which is worse. For real. For real. Oh, she also. Disgusting. So in 2008, there was a uh, an email that was sent to the New York Times. Um, and it said that Alicia slash Tanya, whatever, had committed or had died by suicide. Also, to bring it back to Linda, who is a fucking saint and her best friend. So Linda and a couple other people were really concerned that Tanya might do harm to herself. And she got a call from uh, Linda got a call from Tanya that she was freaking the fuck out. She said, I was asked to speak in front of um, some 11 employees from Merrill Lynch who didn't make it out of the tower. And she was going to be talking about the survivors um, or that, that she survived and talking about these other people. And she called Linda and she was so upset. And she was like, they're telling me they hate me. They're telling me that I shouldn't have survived and all this stuff. Meanwhile, this bitch talks publicly about survivor's guilt. Why did I survive and others perished and blah, blah, blah. And it's oh. like fucking, it's so, it's fucking gross. But, um, so she gets, Linda gets this call and she's like, okay, hey, I'm coming. She's like, I ran out of my apartment. I hopped in a cab. I got down to this hotel because Tanya was like, they're yelling at me, blah, blah, blah. So Linda gets in there. She runs through the front doors and she sees that Tanya is in a state, like on the floor. She's freaking out. And so Linda goes to the front desk and she says, hey, my friend is here. She's having like a panic attack. Um, do you have a separate room, like a private room that we could go into or like a lot, like a, an extra lobby part, like that's private and the lobby guy is like, yeah, like, you know, do I need to call an ambulance? Is this okay? And so Linda says, well, she was here for the Merrill Lynch thing. You know, did you see them? And it sent her over the edge or whatever. And Linda is a fucking survivor. And she's having to do all this. So the hotel guy goes, that didn't happen here. Like, nobody from Merrill Lynch did anything here. We didn't have a party like that. Like, that's there was no oh. event like that. So, it just... 
it's so gross. Like the amount, and it's, um, so there's a thing called Pseudologia Fantistica, which, I mean, if we know Latin, it's like fucking fake fantastic voyage. But that's what uh, psychologists think that she's suffering from. It's like a Munchausen uh, psychologically. Okay, that makes sense. I get that. But, dude, you're fucking going to burn in hell. Like, there's a special place She also... Okay, so when this was all going down, like, after all this shit was going down, she um, went to the Survivors Network, and this guy, Je- this guy, this girl, Janice, who was really, like, on the board of this thing, um, everything was unraveling. And so Tanya went to this woman and was like, look, the reason I don't want to do this... Um, interview the reason I'm freaking out is because I'm not an American citizen and Janice goes I don't fucking care if you're an American citizen like who fucking care you're a survivor the right. fucking 9-11 terrorist they're not attack. gonna deport you right now yeah like I don't care I mean like what I mean I see why you're stressed so Janice says let's go to a lawyer like we need to go to a lawyer's office and tell them that you're not an American citizen and we'll get you one. Yeah. And they can't, the lawyer can't say anything about it. Like lawyer privilege, whatever. So she says they go into this law office and uh, Tanya goes inside and Janice, wait, Janice, sorry, Janice, what, uh, waits for two hours and then finally the lawyer invites her in and the lawyer is telling Tanya just small things like well you know it's okay that you weren't with Dave for a lot longer like it's okay you were only with him for a couple months and um like just trying to justify certain things. And so Janice gets a little bit weirded out. Like, what do you mean? Like, I thought this was supposed to be because you weren't a U.S. citizen. You know, like, why does he care that you were with your fiance for so long? Like, who fucking cares about that? So that's when she started to get, you know, freaked out. Like, this clearly, clearly you're lying to me. And so all of it fucking fell apart. Um, so that 2008 email about her dying by suicide was untrue. Shocking. Um, she lied? What? Yeah. And uh, did I say the email came from Barcelona? Yeah. I don't know if I said it. Okay. So um, she was alive and I can't say well because she's fucking crazy. But um, she had a job at the interpartner assistance firm. I don't know exactly what they did, but I thought it was kind of like an insurance firm. I'm not sure, but it was in Barcelona. But she was fired in 2012 when they realized who she was. And apparently, I mean, from everything I gather, she's still in Spain today. She's 47. Oof. Um, You're a disgusting human being, lady. You're a 
fucking yes. bitch. You're gross. You're the worst of the worst, man. Yeah, so she never stole any money, but she's a complete asshole, and she fucked with all the survivors, so, like... You're a horrible person. You put more on them than they need to have. Yes. Well, all those people that were trying to help her. Yeah, and and she thought... They thought she was helping them. Mm -hmm. And that she was this strength to look up to. And you were just... You were just feeding on them. And why? Why would you do that? That's what I don't... So... And take the document, a real victim like Dave and then put his family through that shit. That's fucking I, gross. I don't like that at all. I mean, I don't like any of it, but that is like... And you could have just been... On, you yeah, like you could have just been a survivor. You didn't need to yeah. drag anybody else's name down and with be you. Be the first person, be the president. Like you threw that guy out who started it and who really needed this group. You threw him out because you didn't want to get caught. And that's fucking gross, dude. You should have walked away right then. Well, have you ever watched... um, There's a TV show with Christina Applegate. Dead to me. I what it's called. What? Dead to me. Yes. I love it. Yes, I watched it. Yeah, it's so good. I love it. But, like... So, I, I completely understand how grief and trauma can manifest in different ways. And you can, in my opinion, if you feel traumatized, it's just as good as being traumatized because your whole body reacts in a way to trauma. I've read several books on this that like, it's a, it's a whole body experience from the trauma. So if you feel like you are traumatized and you want to join a group, you know, say you feel like you were raped. You feel like you were uh, almost going to be murdered, whatever the fuck it is. And you go join a support group. Go fucking do it. It's way better than the alternative of you being crazy. But you don't have to go make up a story about being involved with another person who was a human being who has family like and memories yeah like life. just just go be your lying self or your f- yeah you kidnapped his life for yes. your own your own i don't know like what did it bring you joy that's a that's a really good way of putting it like what did it did. bring you kidnapped his life you did and you took that away from his family I don't know, and that's the the only reason why I feel somewhat bad for her. The only reason is that she did not gain financially from all of this. Like, she is so mentally upset. Like, there's something that's wrong mentally with her that's so messed up. That it wasn't even greed. It wasn't even right. I hear what you're saying. You're that right. That she was I, I gonna be getting all this money. It was that she needed that so bad mentally that she fucked everything up. But you just stole so much from other people. Like if it was just you and you just believed that in your head, and you just went to these groups and was silent, you know, made your little made up story and then 
sat at the, the sidelines, but you didn't do that. Well, exactly. It's also it like over. you could. Oh, also her friend from Barcelona said that when she was a kid, she was obsessed with America. Like her parents sent her to a boarding school in America for a little while, but then she went back to Barcelona and she was like obsessed with America. But. So she wanted part of its biggest tragedy. Right. To, To piggyback on what you were saying. Like you could say your own story. You don't have to traumatize other people or re traumatize other people. Yeah. It's like you could go anywhere in the United States. Every single person has a story about that day. It was so traumatic in the yes. United States history that you could have moved anywhere and you could have said you were a survivor. Yeah. And, and no they would have just, you. yeah, it, nobody would, would want to do a why story. Would you lie? On, mm-hmm. No. Yeah. You exactly. just like, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. I absolutely. I had a friend's band that used to do, um, a charity every year in a San Diego club down in Ocean Beach. I want to say it was for Flight 93, but I'm not positive. I know it was 9-11, and their daughter had passed. And they did this fundraiser every year. They brought out local bands, and all the money went. I, I really want to say it was 93, the one that crushed Pennsylvania. But no one ever doubted him. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sure it was legit. Don't get me wrong at all. But I would never have questioned him. I mean, what a dickhead thing to do. Why would right. you lie about that? For sure. For be sure. Be to even assume that. So. But that's what I mean. Why would you go to fucking ground zero, the literal ground zero? Someone's going to figure it out eventually. Well, because everyone in New York City, think about the geographic location Every, versus the populace. Yeah. Every everybody fucking person somebody. has someone that was directly affected. It's Absolutely. like no six degrees to Kevin Bacon. Right. It is the one degree to Kevin Bacon. So why would you not go to like L.A. or right. Dallas or some other big city that's like, oh, I would believe you because I don't know. Sh- I don't know anyone. I mean, right. my parents were supposed to be on a plane that was leaving. But like, who fuck it? Like that. I don't know anyone in New York City. So, no, I don't know. I mean, it seems strange. No, I agree. That's a fucked up bitch, man. That's some yeah. shit. So she's gross. She also, you know, I, I really don't appreciate um, judging people by the way they look. I think that's not nice. No, it's However, not. she does look nearly as gross as her story. So <laughs> I not an attractive woman. Some people are just not attractive. Yeah. It is what it is. But I don't want to say that she's completely unattractive. Like she's but you know she looks like a so woman but ugly on the outside that sometimes or inside that sometimes that grows to your outside and she's it's one of those true. People. I think she's one of those people. Because you know she also reminded me of um the woman that killed Selena Oh yeah, her manager. Yeah. She was just she's short and round and yes, and very poodly haired and yeah, nose, very unattractive. But I think it goes, you know, if you're ugly on the inside, it's way 
easier to dismiss the whole outside versus like it. Well, I don't know. Because now I'm thinking like if you're ugly on the inside, you don't know it for a long time. So you could be pretty on the outside for a lot longer. And you're just used to people bowing over you because you're attractive. Yeah, I think it's if you're pretty on the inside, people don't generally give you the benefit of the doubt until they get to know you for a long time. But anyway, this bitch is ugly and ugly, ugly. And she's also a bit crazy. And I do feel genuinely bad for her because who the fuck does that without a mental illness? Like, I'm fairly certain she has some sort of, yeah. She has some sort of illness. When she attacked the best friend because, oh, you don't understand my pain. That's when you, mm. you that for me is when you cross the line. That did it. Mental. Yep. Like, that did it for me too. You felt bad, you know, and you were crying. Be like, I totally understand. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. That'd be so different. But you were like, fuck you, bitch. How dare you? And you're like, you don't even have that pain, you dumb bitch. Mm-hmm. That's just, me no. too. That's where it turned for that's me on the, the documentary. Line. Yeah. That's the line because you knew better then and you didn't. You played on it. So yes. you wouldn't get caught. So you still yes. knew that you were that didn't happen to you. You didn't trick yourself into believing that. You still knew. Yep. So, meh in your face. Yes. But meh. Oh, I was gonna tell you, my sister in law named her cat Meep. Meep. <laughs> and I thought of you. As soon as I heard it, I was like, Oh my god, that's a fucking Aaron name. Meep. I guess you would tell I love it. <laughs> it's really cute. Meep. That is and the cat cute. is so cute. Meep. <laughs> I love it. I'm a fan. Go meep. All right. Uh, goodbye, everybody. We're going to peace out. So. Laters. Um, Laters. Ciao. I'm sorry. Until yeah. next week. Be kind. Behave. I think Bye. maybe we should just change be kind to just don't be an asshole. I like it. Don't be an asshole. Yeah, don't There's be an asshole. Out there. For sure. You can be an asshole in your own home when you're home by yourself. Yeah. Don't be an asshole to your kids. Don't be an asshole to your husband or wife. Just be an asshole in your solitude. It's there fine. you go. But don't be an asshole right. anywhere else. Yeah, there's enough. All yeah. right. All right.